Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, the online cycling platform that you need for this upcoming winter. Winter is coming two weeks away, so I'm <laughs> told by the Europeans how their season works. This is the Bora Hansgrohe 2023 preview. Now, I've been accused in the past of being, being a Bora hater. Um, you know, maybe a bit down on their transfers last year. Maybe I was wrong on a couple of them. <laughs> when, in fact, the German audience of the pod is, like, unbelievably big. Um, I think it's like double or triple Australia. So I, I want to keep the Germans happy. Um, and this is Germany's premier cycling team. And not to mention that I have a hands grow a shower. And it's great. <laughs> I have, it's not just grow, it's the hands grow one. And I really, really like it. So I want this team to succeed. So they keep bringing out <laughs> great products like that. Um, even though I rent this apartment. So I didn't install it. But anyway, that's a big tangent. How are you going, Benji? What have you been up to? Um, what did you think of Bora's season along the way as well? Well, first of all, uh, I've been up to making some content on my own end. So that's uh, something I've been working on. Uh, next to that, when it comes to Bora, hmm, I don't know. Let's jump into that in a bit. Should I first talk about the content and first about Yeah, Bora? what have you been doing? Okay, so basically we've spoken about Zwift quite a bit on this podcast since they sponsored a podcast, partner of ours. But we've spoken mostly about the indoor cycling platform that it is, but for personal training. But there, it's more than that because there's also plenty of races to be done on Zwift and one of those tournaments is called the Zwift Racing League, where around 2,000 people, 2,000 teams compete, roughly 19,000 people, so a lot of people. Now, Zwift has challenged me. Zwift has sent me a challenge to become the sports director of one of these 2,000 teams in the Zwift Racing League. And uh, I decided to accept it. It's a six-part series now on YouTube, on my personal Benji Nassin channel, and I can happily announce that the first episode is up. It's easily my highest effort video on my channel. So I'd appreciate you taking a look and uh, seeing if you enjoy it. Maybe the series can intrigue you to uh, check out Zwift yourself at Zwift.com because they've extended their free trial from 7 days to 14 days now. So that's uh, 7 days more. Ha! Top mods here at the LRTB podcast. There we go. When yeah, it comes to Bora. Good. Oh, no, I would encourage hard. people to go check that video out. It's really good. And yeah, Benji diversifying his skill set. And it just shows <sighs> a, a different side of Zwift that you maybe haven't seen before. But yeah, Bora, they had a pretty good season on paper. And also a good season in real <laughs> life. 13 World Tour wins, which are the ones we care about at this end of the market. Uh, including one of the three Grand Tours with Jai Hindley, including two stages. And uh, no, Camden never did get into pink with Camden and Hindley winning a stage each. Two World Tour stage race wins, Romandie Catalunya, a pair of uh, German World Tour one-day wins, which is most important for them in Bemis yep. Classics and Eschborn Frankfurt. 
and two Vuelta stages with Bennett, including a couple of Polonian Swiss stages as well. And Vlasov, who knows, would he have won Swiss against Thomas? I'm not convinced. Um, but he was ruled out with COVID and he was the favourite for this for that race. So it, it is a good season, Benji. Um, is it better than someone like Bahrain, in your opinion? It's difficult. I think compared to Bahrain, I'd say yes this year. Last year, Bahrain was a lot better in 2021 than 2022. They still won Milano San Remo and so forth, but that's for the Bahrain recap part. When I look at Bora, there's one question that comes to mind when I look at this. And you said it. I actually find their Hill Classics results with Vlasov and Higita really good. And I think that they can do well next year in 2023 again in those races. I, I think winning the Giro is a big step forward for what they did in 2021, for example. But I think they're not necessarily closer to winning the Tour de France, which was the entire point of the transfers they did at the end of 2021. So I'm kind of like, what's the next step? They've won the Giro. What can this team do in the next year? And then we take a look at the stage wins by Bennett and Sofov. Not necessarily a huge step forward either in that sense. So I'm thinking they've won the Giro. They want to try and win the Tour de France. And I look at their team and I'm like, does that necessarily look like a Tour de France team? And or monuments. You're right. I think they have a better chance at podiuming or potentially winning a monument with a lot of luck than, for example, the Tour de France, because I think their highest potential spot is third at the moment. I mean, their classics from memory was uh, making their best classics rider, Marco Halo, right as a domestique with 80Ks to go in certain races. Absolutely mind-blowing stuff. Um, so I'm not sure they're kind of relying a lot on Shackman Pollitt and Halla for next year. But yeah, no monument podium. Tour de France is the big gap. And so they are comfortably in a tier. There's Ineos and Jumbo and UAE. Yeah, They're in that tier just below them trying to break through. But I think there is a, a proper gap uh, between them. But they're above, well above a team like Groupama, FDJ. Um, of course, I think their scheduling was really good. For the most mm -hmm. part, they're a smart team. You can tell the scheduling, like Catalonia and Romandy. I mean, you've got to be in it to win it. They got those guys there. They got those two World Tour stage race wins, which are hard to come by. Um, and I think the Gita signing was really good. I think as well, like the Bennett thing, you can't blame them for Bennett being injured or issues with Bennett, but you also can because like, the guy left the team on really bad terms. I'm not saying there's issues yeah. in that sense now, but I wasn't that surprised that the Tour de France and his attendance turned into a bit of a disaster. Yeah, certainly. But I would also say that the riders that did transfer to the team, they sometimes did it differently than I expected it. For example, Higita, I was expecting him to have as the next step trying to go for a one-week GC and see how that works. I think he actually tried that at the start of the year when he when he chopped Foss or Foss chopped him or they both chopped each other, whatever we, we say on Algar, for example. Higita tried that one-week stuff, but I feel like he succeeded in, what was it, Catalonia, where yeah, he ended he up winning there. GC with that Carapaz yeah. thing. But... I would say that I'm more impressed by the fact that he made that step forward in the one-day races. Because him getting fourth at Lombardia, getting fifth at LBL, I didn't anticipate him being a 250-kilometer race guy. 
And that seems to have been the case this year. So I'm very curious if he can pull that a bit more forward. He has that sprint at the end of a race to be able to compete for something. So I'm intrigued by that personally. But you're right. The transfers that did come, like a Bennett, Hindley, Hindley ended up winning the Giro. But Bennett, for example, I think they still expect him to, to put another step forward for next year. I think they want Sam Bennett to be their sprinter for the Tour de France. And he needs to prove to be worthy of that at the start of the year in 2023. But we took a look at their season of 2022 so far. We've discussed whether this team is where this team is in, in the tier of teams. Will their transfers change that? And I feel like their transfers are a slight negative in the sense that they've lost Kelderman, which is a very valuable rider, I think, despite not winning. I think... Fifth in TDF last year. Exactly. That's a, a very valuable thing. Now, Vlasov did it instead in 2022, but still, still a valuable rider. That could have gone to a Grand Tour 4 GC for them and could have done stuff in one-week races. Groschartner, Lars, I'm personal beggar, sorry, but I'm not that in, intrigued or captivated by those riders leaving. It's not the end of the world that they're leaving. They are replaceable, and they did that, I'd say. Jungles being a solid rider to transfer over after his fifth in Tour de Suisse, I think, or fourth, sixth, my bad. Sixth in Tour de Suisse, winning that Tour de France stage as well in front of Thibaut Pinot. He had a poor Vuelta, but I don't remember if there was a cost for that or not. Nico Denz won a Tour de Suisse stage. I think I haven't seen much outside of that for the last year for him, but whenever I think about Nico Denz, I think about that Trentin European Championships because he was in the group together, I think, with Trentin, Van der Poel, Van Aert, which the guy has talent, but I haven't seen it in the last year outside of that Tour de Suisse. It's like he's always like, he's very versatile, but not good enough to be strong at one thing. And as a consequence, he doesn't win much and isn't prominent in much. Lipovic is a rider we've spoken about two years ago, actually, on our Tour of the Alps 2021 podcast, where we discussed that the guy had, um, had talent. He was 19 at the time. I think he got top 20 at that. Tour of the Alps, and I swear he had like some biathlon history and had to go from biathlon to cycling or something. Uh, I saw that on Twitter like two years ago and remember that at the moment, but I think he stagnated in 2022 because it's, he basically did Tour of the Alps again as his bigger race in the season and got a worse result. So I'm kind of like, what now? Can he make that step forward at Bora? Will he be able to do that? Maybe. I guess we'll see in 2023, but these are not the craziest transfers, let's be honest. I'm just a bit mad at Kelderman is leaving because I think he could have played a role in one of the Grand Tours in 2023 if he stayed. Yeah, I wonder whether the budget's gone up or down or whether money out is more than in. Probably nets off. If you say Jungels, they signed him after the Tour de France stage when in Swiss. With Kelderman, it probably nets off. Um, they have... It's funny because loads of riders completely overperformed. Danny Van Poppel turned into the best lead-out man in the world almost by a, a significant margin. What a great signing that was. Whereas Sharkman had a really down year with sickness, I think, having to end his season early. I remember he, he peaked for Tokyo Olympics last year and it sort of didn't work out. On the other hand, Jordi Mayus is looking really good. Mullen was really good. Pollitt was a good domestique, but not really as a race leader at world tour level i know he mm. won rundum Kolm. uh zvihoff was fine um so the most important and, and then there's also a guy like bookman who probably not living up to the salary 
But then the real most important thing for the whole team didn't even happen in a professional race. It was Kjan Outerbrooks, the 19-year-old, and this is the man who can bring you closer to Tour de France victory. Like, was there anyone on the market that can bring you closer to Tour de France victory in 2024, 2025 that was available more so than Kjan Outerbrooks? I don't think so. I think this kid is more likely to do well in the Tour in 2025 than Richard Carapaz. He's already really good, yeah. nice build and size. Don't know about the TT yet, but that will come. And the watts are good. And so that's almost the most important thing for their whole season after the Giro. Yeah, I think so as well. And it's shocking because when the Nemco Evenepoel was stepping through in the Belgian sphere, there was so much hype about him, so much hype. And it's fascinating and probably great for Kian Eiterbrugge that he's been able to somewhat stay below the surface a tiny bit. Even with winning Tour de Lavenir, I feel like his name is not used that much, as much, as, for example, Remco was back in the day, even before he went to World Tour, Remco Evenepoel. So I think Kion is benefiting so, so much about Remco Evenepoel existing. Is that a, a weird take? No, that's probably right. Like, one Tour de Lavenir with stage wins, like, it's a joke. He won easily. Didn't he barely look like he was trying as the youngest winner, I think, for a long, long, long yeah, time, yeah. Um, maybe ever. So it, he's ridiculously talented, already performing. I like what they've done with him. His schedule last year and then his schedule this year, I think, has been really, really good. He wasn't on the team last year, so that doesn't count. This year, I like to schedule doing dot pro, stage races, 1-1 one, one or 1.0. One uh, sort of Italian races, and then but? Sibiu and Lavenier. To answer the Lavenier was his culmination of his season. But you're the man that would send youngsters to every single Grand Tour now, and Keon should have. Oh to yeah, ride. next year. Yeah, yeah. T- Playtime's over. Like, <laughs> how old is he? Nineteen. <laughs> yeah, born in two thousand three, so he turns twenty in February. Yeah, so now it's like you've won Lavenir. There's nothing left to conquer in U twenty threes. Like you're what Grand Tour? That's a good question for Outerbrooks because the Giro. Two, uh, long, long, steady climbs. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Go for a top five at the Giro. I think it's well within his capabilities. I think a top 10 is already a win, I'd say. Like, it's still a 19-year-old. It's going to be 20 by the time he reaches the Giro. The experience that he's going to gain throughout that Grand Tour is going to be invaluable. So send him to the Giro, get some of that, Beat that experience. Eat Remco. Imagine if, if he goes Imagine to the Giro. Imagine he Remco <laughs> and just shushes. Please do that. <laughs> That'd be legendary. Imagine. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like, I think Keon Eiterbrook should definitely go to the Giro. And the aspect of Kelderman leaving is part of that, because I think if Kelderman stays with his time trial capabilities, despite his time trial not having been the greatest recently, to be honest, but Kelderman would probably have been the man to send to the Giro. If I took a look at Bora Hansgrohe 2023, because the Tour de France has very limited time trial kilometers, and I think both Hindley and Vlasov want that. And I know that the team has said continuously that they want to have the Tour de France as their, as their triumphant victory in some years. They want to win the Tour de France. That's were the goals of their transfers last season, and that's their end goal with this team as well. So 
I think if you want to win that, you have to present both Lazov and Hindley to the tour, which... And Agita. And Agita. And Shockman and Bookman. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not Bookman. Not Bookman. Sorry. Bookman, no. get out. <laughs> he just... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm Hindley to the Tour de France. Absolute lock. Has to do it. Um, with the low TTKs. That's sort of the most obvious thing. Won the Giro. Time to do the Tour. When it's never going to be better. Vlasov, I'm less convinced about. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like their most realistic chance of winning a Grand Tour again is the Giro. And when I know Vlasov's long climbing has not been as good as people think it is, I think his TT is absolutely fine, better than fine, actually. Like, he's not going to be Thomas Avenipol, but he's not going to be Lander either. He's going to be best of the rest, normally, maybe even better than Almeida types. I, I would send him to the Giro of Lassov because otherwise you're putting too many eggs in the Tour de France basket um, and I'm not even sure how much Hinley, Igita and Vlasov really help each other um, to achieve a better result as well. Like Kamna will do that. He'll go over stages and help, but I'm not even sure whether the sum of those three will be greater than the sum of the parts. We'll have great entertainment, though. Like, we saw that Vlasov and Higita were almost chopping each other at the finish line. Now we'll have both of those next to Hindley chopping each other on the finish line. So that would be godlike content. But that being said, I'm not 100% sure I agree. As in, I know what you mean with Vlasov not being competitive at the Tour de France, on the longer climbs and so forth. But the Giro is the race for me with the longer climbs in the last week and so forth. So that's the reason I'm like, if he goes to the Giro, I feel like he's going to have trouble in the third week, even despite the competition not being top-notch there. So I I would personally send him to the Tour de France. And I would do so because I think the Tour de France is parkour-wise, his better chance to do a decent GC than the Giro d'Italia. Who, who will be competing for third at the Giro? That's the big question, eh? <laughs> but why why send why send Vlasov there if you can have Kian Brooks win the whole Giro? True, true. <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. If I'm so high on Brooks, maybe Vlasov can be his domestique. Um, <laughs> he's just gonna get fucking cooked on cold of the lows though. Like I mean, I guess third is a step up though, right? Like if yeah. they're going for, if you have let's say do the maths again, right? Like we did last year when we were figuring out how Thomas can put him the tour side. Okay, two Slovenians plus Jonas. One of them crashes out or has a major problem. Third is open. Who is it between? No Thomas now. No even a pole. Can Vlasov beat Lander? Or like so? Yeah, you're right. It does make sense that that third spot is pretty open um, and that third of the tour is much, much better than second at the Giro. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I'm super high on Edzburgs. I'd like to see him get world tour one week leadership and he'll probably do, if he does a Giro, something like Giro de Cecilia. And I think he's just really, really good. The wild card is friend of the podcast, Leonard Kamner, physiologically absolutely capable of a mm-hmm. GC result in the Giro. Whether he goes for it, I have no idea. Doubtful. I don't, you know, he's got a very, very nice role. And I'd argue that Leonard Kamner is much better known 
for how he's used his talents than maybe similar talented guys who um, go for fifth in GC. So, but I think he's also, I don't know, if he wants to have a chance, the TT, his TT is good, really, really yeah. good. The Giro is another, a chance where he could go for GC too. The aspect for Gamna for me is that I have difficulties figuring out what his future plan should be because you're right, he's got that stage hunter motto. People know that he can win Grand Tour stage. He's arguably one of the best at it in the entire peloton. So we know that he can win those mountain stages from the break, but is he going to do that for the rest of his life? And that's when you're like, one week GCs, Grand Tour GCs is a potential step up. But I vaguely remember that his Grand Tour GCs and one week GCs had had consistency issues in them back in the day. And I, I don't fully remember every race that he did in that sense, but there were some reasons why he switched back to the one day hunting in Grand Tours. So I don't know. I feel like it works right now, the stage win hunting. I think if you want to do GC, you have to try it in a one-week race first. Yeah, Paranese probably be pretty suitable. He's good on the flat, nice and powerful, yeah. good handler. He's just got to survive the one long climb. He's got the decent TT where he can... You hate tour? You hate tour, yeah, true. I mean, the TT, flat stages, and then a couple of... I mean, it's not hard to top 10 the UA tour if you target it um, for someone like him. So, yeah... But I don't know. That's just another wild card they have. So they have a few things that, like, the headline is Vlasov and Hinley and Nagita, but there's other riders in the background, like Oterbrooks, who could really, really step up. In terms of classics, Benji, <laughs> uh, Cobble classics, where do you sort of see them improving, getting worse, stagnating? It's definitely not the strength of the team. Yeah, certainly not. Like when we look at the cobble riders in the team, it's Nils Paulit, Haller, Meus, Kog, and Denz. And those riders, like Paulit, had a great Paris Roubaix back in the day, but the replicability based on the last two seasons is almost zero percent for me. I wish he would do it, but I haven't seen it yet in the in recent years. So I think this team is just fighting for potentially a top five in a in a cobble classic, likely to be a top ten rider in those races and. That's how I see this. Bob Jungels is a rider that had won Wadersdorf Vlaanderen or whatever it was back in the day. One of those cobble races. True, Bob Jungels could be like one of the best classics riders. <laughs> in the if he transitions ones. back. I don't yeah. know what his transition is like because I don't think he changed that much to be decent at the Tour de Suisse again. But I think he's more likely to hunt for one-way GCs than anything else at the moment based on his 2022 season at least. But... I'd love to see Youngles on Cobbles again. Please give me Youngles on Cobbles again. I love Youngles on Cobbles. But anyway, he did benefit at Quick Step from the team aspect of it. He benefited from the team having multiple riders and, as a consequence, being able to roll attacks on others. And Borak can't really do that with Paulit, Holler, and Youngles because those riders are not on the level of the top riders, in my opinion. Maeus is an intriguing one for the likes of Gent Wevelgem and so forth. Uh, really also good. for Kurne, perhaps, and the other one. Brugge all these yeah. fucking Belgian races. Oh, now, nah, the flat ones, they're pretty good. <laughs> the flat ones like Schellepreis, Brugge de Pana, Kerner, they're actually Wait. pretty good. The cobble ones are bad then or what? They're like the Ronde van Vlaanderen's of the world. Don't tell me that, man. Don't tell me that. No, no, like, wait, does Kerner have cobbles in it or not? Or is it just narrow Yeah, it does. It does? Okay. So they're good at the flatter cobble ones. And then stuff like RVV E3... 
where it's more punch. They maybe because Shankman was injured or sick, they're not so bueno. And Jungles, yeah. I think, I actually overrated his classic speed of stats. You said I think he benefited from the team dynamic. Uh, quick step a lot. Ardennes. They're good in there. Now, they got a real chance here with the Ardennes. Now, you can't do Ardennes Giro combo, can you, or can you? You can, but if you survive the Giro afterwards, I'm not sure. Yeah. So, Igita Vlasov is a brilliant pairing. You have a guy with a lethal sprint, Igita, and you have a sort of a really good five minute climber like Vlasov. Really, really elite on five minute climbs. Decent the, sprint too? It, it, decent punch uphill. I would take a Gita in the flat sprint every day of the yep. week though. I think their team on paper could really do something in the Ardennes if they're aggressive and open it up. If those two work well together, even Autobruks, I don't know, he's in one day's Kamner. Never mm-hmm. seen it. I don't remember him doing it in one day's, but in theory he should be good. Even Hindley actually can like, he could light up an early climb for those guys. I think... They have multiple strong guys, and I'd like to see them be more proactive in the Ardennes, making the race, rather than just being in. You're just being reactive because that's how I feel like they have been. Um, maybe I wasn't focusing on them enough, but yeah, I think they have a good squad for that sort of terrain. Yeah, I think so as well. And we spoke about it earlier at the start of this podcast where we discussed that. Having a top five at Lombardia and at LBL means that there is a chance that he can podium those races. Podium a monument would be a big step here. I think with Shockman in good form, that addition to it would also work well for an Amstel and so forth. I don't remember Shockman on a flesh and so forth, but I kind of fear for that. I'm more intrigued by Higita on that and a Vlazov who got third on flesh, if I recall correctly. So... They can really do stuff in these Ardennes and also in the Italian classics. And that combination to get away, perhaps in Montreal, should really work out for these type of riders. I um, I don't know. I think there's a chance there. Can they win a monument? That's uh, difficult, eh? Liège is the one. Um, Liège, what would have to happen? They would have to be in a group like 2020 or 2021 with those sort of riders and a gear to wins the sprint. I think it's possible. I don't see why if Pog skips it for once or Alaphilippe's not on form, could a to win a sprint from the wheel? I think so. I think it's possible, but I feel like it would need to be more of a race where, let's say, the 2022 edition, Dylan Turns is the strongest punch for Dylan Turns, gets away to get away to Vlasov and so forth. That kind of stuff. That's the likely scenario. And that's a very difficult scenario to get when Pogacar well, turns over likely. Hold that time. thought. So okay. here's the scenario. Turns, uh, Danny Martinez, let's say, even a pole in the group. No, he won't do his Giro. So turns, Martinez, Vlasov, Egita, and pick two other, Pale Bill Bow or somebody. And Richard, yeah. Car- Richard Carapaz in a group, six riders. Group two's 10 seconds back. Does Vlasov immediately go on the front and pull hard? So, because Agita's the favorite in that sprint. He won't. That's the issue. So, that's because if he does, <laughs> like Agita's winning that sprint maybe 60% of the time. <laughs> um, and it's plausible that that sort of group could happen if there's no Pog and there's no Avenapol. 
Wait. So, oh, wow. Martinez versus Higita Sprint. You're taking Higita? Yeah. Okay. I think it'd be close, but I might too. If he doesn't crash, then Higita. <laughs> well, to be him. honest, maybe he should crash and take everybody with him. These are the I... strategies we talk about on Lantern Recycling <laughs> Podcast. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's something they got to iron out. But yeah, the classic, the the hill classics, it looks quite good. And and the same with again, it applies. Will Shackman go on the front and just pull Fugita in that situation? Not convinced. Well, yeah. I'd love to see it, but that's something they should probably try to iron out. Yeah, in the off season, those scenarios. Um, Tour Benji, what's the goal? Podium and stages, right? Pretty straightforward. Yeah, I think so as well. A top five is still okay, but you're not moving forward then from last season, which is not what you're looking for. You're looking for that podium. You want that spot that Thomas had in 2022, the spot where if one of the Slovenians crashes or Vingegaard crashes, you can take that third spot. Even if multiple Slovenians crash out or all three are somehow out of the tour, then you have a chance at better, but that's very unlikely. So I'd say podium is the one you're hunting for. And I think that Vlasov should be there for that. I know we don't 100% agree on that, but I think Vlazov, Hindley, Higita, Shockman, Kemna. And now the next one is the one where you're going to be like, Benji, shut the fuck up. I'm going to punch you in the face. I think Sam Bennett should be there with Danny Van Poppel. Oh, well, yeah. If his form is fine in the start of the year, if he's in his welter shape beforehand, then yeah, he he should go ahead of someone like okay. Mayers. But if he hadn't been ruled out, actually for the... who. If Mayus wasn't injured, would they have taken Mayus to the Vuelta? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Bennett's salary is too high to make that decision. Yeah. It'll depend. Mayus is coming hard. Mayus is good. He's young. Um, he's been he's been injured at the end of this year. I'd like to see him with Danny Van Poppel lead out. But yeah, it'll be... I think you. I think your squad, you've sent one too many of the same rider. I wouldn't send. <laughs> I wouldn't send Kamner to the to. I don't know. It depends what he wants to do. And the same with yeah. Shackman. I would. You'd have to have maybe Pollitt. They'll send. Because uh, if you send a sprinter, you need to send a proper trainer. Otherwise, it's just stupid. <laughs> like if you send a sprinter, you'll need to send Mullen, Pollitt, uh, probably Haller. And then the sprinter, and then you got four slots for your GC guys. I take Kemna over Shockman personally, because I think Kemna's better at satellite rider stuff, and I think the Tour de France might need that for the riders they have. But then again, what can they do satellite rider wise if you're not one of the stronger riders in the race? So I, I think it's I important defensively, yeah, to have satellite riders. It's not just for when you want to gain yeah. time; it's also to defend or help a drop drop gc rider so that's also important if lasov is getting distanced on these climbs camner can really help when it comes to bennett though i do want to say the reason that i would say take him to the tour de france if he's at a decent level is because the quality that bennett has that a lot of other sprinters don't have is complete confidence in their lead out yeah because if you do take a look at sam bennett in 2022 and 2021 if he's at the level to follow his lead out he's going to stick to that damn wheel until he's done for energy-wise, he he's going to stick to that wheel. Ever. Exactly. And that's what a Jakobsen does do. He loses their wheels. And there's a lot of other sprinters that lose his wheels of their lead-out. And as a consequence, they... Well, if it's a good lead-out from Poplar and Merku, then you've got to try and follow that wheel until eternity. 
And Bennett has done that in the years that he had those two sprinters. He didn't have that the first year with Merku, but the second year with Merku, he did. And he did that with Danny Van Poppel as well. So if that combination works well, Bennett can win a sprint, even if he's not the best sprinter in the world, because he's not. So he can win a sprint because of Danny Van Poppel, hands down. And yeah, his Vuelta shape was actually pretty good, I thought. Um, not far off his best too. So he he's just got to come into the season in better shape. He's just got to be in better shape because I think if he's if he's in the UAE tour shape, you can't you can't send a lead out train and um, Bennett when there's Mayus sort of in the wings if he's in that UAE tour early season shape. Otherwise, you've you've wasted half the team. Um, but yeah, I'm. As you said, Benji, the principle of con- improvement, year on year improvement, is this team. And don't forget, this was a pro Conti team in what, 2016. Bora Argon. Yeah, Bora Argon Le- in 2016. Koenig. Leopold Koenig, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, they. And, and so, whilst I almost feel like I um, I'm too. Too harsh a critic sometimes on Bora Hansgrohe, forgetting where they've come from just six years ago. And that's probably because, A, they do have a decent budget, and B, because they are a competent team and, you know, smart management compared to maybe the average in world tours. So there's higher expectations, but mainly because of the budget. And, you know, they may have, well, they do have, they do have less world tour wins compared to, say, 17-18, where they yeah. were very, very sprinter-focused with Sagan, Ackerman, and Bennett all in peak or close to peak condition. Mm-hmm. But has the team overall improved in... That's a good question, Benji. Like, I think we see that they've gone forward a lot in, like, 10 years because we had the days where they were still team net up with, I think... I don't know, with like Roger Kluge and so forth as their best riders in the team. But they've made significant steps forward budget-wise and rider-wise. That's clear. They won Giro. Uh, they won Giro. They won green jerseys. They won Ciclamino jerseys. But are they any closer to winning the Tour de France compared to three years ago? Yes. Compared to last year? No. Their transfers have not improved that. I think Flazov and Hindley are still not shouting to me that they're going to beat the Slovenians and the Danish guy, the fishmonger. So I think they're hunting for that podium and a podium would be a step forward on paper. No, actually not because Buchmann podium to tour already in 2019. That's what I mean. That's what I wanted to point out. Like compared to last year, they were much better this year. I think in 2019, they won 31 world tour races, 31. And that's a lot of them sprints and there's some farming there because Tour of Turkey was actually a world tour designation race, but still 31 sprints. And so, and they had, Sagan won a monument while she was on their team, right? Roubaix. Yeah. And Flanders. RVV as well. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's different. It's definitely different. They've gone more GC focused uh tour de france focused i would say they are closer to winning the tour at this point now than they were last year because of Brooks. and that's not probably going to be in 2023 but he's yeah you just need ineos 
don't have anyone like him, right? Who would you take to win the tour in 2025? Pitcock or Aita Brooks? I think it's more likely to be Aita Brooks than Pitcock. But also questions when it comes to that. They're youngsters. Is Herzog not going to Bora after he goes to Axion? I don't know. It's also a rider that can do stuff, but it's not really a GC rider, I think. Uh, I'd say so. They've got... There's some decent... Like, are they going to get Brenner as well? Like, surely, if the relationship's fine, they should pick up Marco Brenner, like, after his DSM contract expires. Um, Do you see anyone like... Like, what do you see from Aliotti? We haven't really spoken about what we expect from their outgoing riders next year, what the the shape of the squad will look like after next year. Like, who do you expect to step up? There are a fair few riders out of contract, Actually, a lot of riders out of contract, particularly uh, uh, Bennett, who I think is on decent money. I think Bennett Bennett's riding for his contract in mm-hmm. the tour this year or next year. Um, but the younger guys like Fabro, Aliotti, Matthew Walls, Pulsar Vandal, who do you think steps up and who do you think gets let go? I think Aliotti is the kind of rider that is average throughout the season, but then Montreal, seventh. Like, that's a really good result against the competition that was there. That's in the group with Bardet, just behind the top riders. So that's a really strong result, but then in the Italian Classics, it didn't come out. So I feel like he's kind of stuck. I feel like he's stuck in this, like, role of being a domestique and hasn't really shown enough to be able to be presented with opportunities outside of that. So... I think he's good at being a domestique. I think he can show stuff in 2023, but he needs to make that step forward to be able to deserve another spot here because otherwise he might just go towards a Trek Sigafredo, for example, and be a B-Tech Chicone. C-Tech Chicone. C-Tech Chicone or B-Tech? C-Tech. Yeah, I think B-Tech. He's only 23. He's won Sibiu Tour. Like, he did win a GC in a race this year, and Sibiu, from memory, had a fair few World Tour squads. He beat Adbrooks there and Lamreiser and Piccolo. So I think think he's good. I'd like to see him extended, and because he hasn't won anything big yet, he's not going to cost the world. Edith Schelling's the, the odd one who kind of regressed from last year, and... Wasn't very, I don't know if he was sick or injured. When you look at his PCS, 40 race days with a lot of DNFs, it suggests something's wrong. Um, so maybe he'll have a bounce back year next year. What about the sort of old staples? Because already said, Bennett, it depends on his form and how he goes next year. You can't pay huge amounts if he's not going to prove it. But what about the old staples, Benji, Conrad and Pollitt, who don't think- mean a lot? I think Pollitt's an engine for races that you want to send the GC squad to. Like, if you go to a Grand Tour, I think a Pollitt can still win that, that very boring breakaway stage like he did in 2021, for example. But he's not the all-winning rider either when it comes to cobbles and so forth. I think he's still going to be sent to the cobble races. He's still going to be an attempt there. I think he's a strong rider in those Eshborn Frankfurt and so forth of the world. But I don't necessarily see him winning more than he has done already he's kind of stuck i would say and when it comes to conrad he's a bit of a grand tour team filler send him to the giro or the vuelta and hope that he can go in a breakaway and win a stage that's how i see conrad i don't think he fits in there to the france team so that's how i see those two people a match you walls a wandal wandal's intriguing because 
I feel like I've seen that name quite a few times in the year where I didn't expect him to be. Like, I think it was in the Mallorca Challenges early on where he was decent. Grand Piemonte was decent, but that was a sprint stage this year, right? So uh, that's a useless statement. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what to expect. I think he's still domestique wise, but Walls won sprints at the. Was it last year and then this year? Yeah, just back end of last year. He won Piemonte. It was like second in its solo. Yeah, but this year is just not good, eh? No. Um, I don't know if he was injured. He had a bad crash in, on the track, yeah. didn't he? Um, where like, yeah. they went into the crowd? Yeah. But was that correct. after his season? That, that was after a lot of these results, I think. Um, so he didn't kind of improve on the road before then. Yeah, I think... Um, who do they need to sign? Who do you think they'll be needing to sign next year? Um, because to be honest, if Conrad takes low money, he's a perfectly fine climbing domestique and quite a versatile domestique too if you have Grand Tour ambitions. Who do they need to sign and, and where's the gaps? It's probably probably classics. They probably need a, a really A classics leader is who they're missing most. Hausler. <laughs> yep. Nah, mate, he's 75 by then. <laughs> Hausler's so good, dude. Pairing with Haller again, the Bahrain boys yeah. back together. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've got Cobble Riders available. You've got Sinachal, you've got Laporte and so forth. But I feel like Laporte is more likely to stay a bit Ooh, longer at Jumbo Visma. That's the one. Because... French Rider had a German team in my head that just doesn't fit for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Jungles probably speaks French as a Luxemburger. They had they got him coming back in. He can translate. I don't know. I think yeah, Laporte. That's who they're missing, right? That's the yep. type of rider they're missing to pair around. You have Pollitt, Hala, those sort of guys around him, and then you have the real spear who can finish a, a small group sprint like Laporte. Ballerini? No, no, no. Okay, I was just trying. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, some. I don't mean a. I don't mean a sort of high upside guy. I mean someone you you sign me like this is our leader for the classics. Not for the calls, but Olaf Koy is available. True. Would you rather give five hundred k to Koy or one mil to Bennett in twenty four? I I think Olaf Koy is going to be more than five hundred k by by that time. I fear. And also the aspect next... <laughs> Don't send me to any world tour races. <laughs> <laughs> the issue with Yambo is that. When will Olaf Koy have the chance in a in yeah. a Tour de France? But Jakobsen's like, also on the market. That's true, but I think Olaf Koy is a better option at that point. You Cheaper. pair Koy with Van Poppel? <laughs> <laughs> zoom, zoom. Yeah, so they got <laughs> options. Um, I think it's quite a nice transfer window, next window. Um, yeah. They're going to have to be pretty disciplined with not giving sort of loyalty contracts that are a bit too fat to some guys um, mm -hmm. and being a bit ruthless, but that's part of the business. Um, I think, again, most important for next year, even more important, say Vlasov finishes third in the tour, yeah, 10 minutes back compared to fourth, eight minutes back. Not, it doesn't make any difference to me. The most important is the trajectory of Autobrooks for proper GC leadership. Does he keep progressing? You want to see it in a World Tour GC one week at least next year. And then, as we said, the Giro d'Italia. Can Hindley win the Tour, Benji? That's what we'll finish on. I don't think so. When it comes to climbing abilities on Fidai, that was a really strong performance. 
But I think when I look at the Pogacars and Yumbo, the leaders of this world, I think he still gets slapped over the course of three weeks because he hasn't been consistent for three weeks straight, right? In the two Grand Tours that he was competing for the win. Consistent enough to end up winning or being second at the end, but not consistent enough to stay within 10, 20 seconds, 30 seconds of a, a Pogacar and a Vingegaard, right? No, like, you know, you you can't... Oh, stage six is Tourmalet and that other the sort of undulating climb. Maybe he survives there, but it's not like Etna and the Giro where there's a group of 15 guys and it's like, I don't know, like Aliotti's in the group sitting comfortably and it's just different. They race everything full gas in the tour and it's hectic. They, they have a good ruler squad. They really do have a nice ruler squad. If you go and look at the tour this year, they Pollitt always at the front. And if you pair him with Mullen, it's a really nice squad for that. Yeah, does he have the peak Watts? Probably not against peak Pog and Vingegaard, but who knows, like... If both of them crash out, then Bora looking really, really good or Roglic yep. crashes out. So, yeah, it's just the punchy start as well. I think he'd be fine there in the Basque country. But, yeah, it's tough to see it. Yeah, I don't know. I'd even dare to say that I don't know who of the two will be more likely to podium a Tour de France of Lazov or Hindley. I think I find it very difficult to guess that at the moment. Ah, that's a good question. <laughs> Who helps who too? Again, like it's going to be like the Almeida Ayuso situation if they send both, like in the Vuelta. They, I, that's why I would split them, to be honest. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Same with Buchman. We haven't spoken about Buchman. And it's like, is, is he, are they going to have the hard conversation with him this year? They should, right? Because like he's not been on the level of the other two GC riders, so he shouldn't be considered a GC leader for a Grand Tour at all. I don't see him at the Giro Tour and Vuelta as GC leader. Don't forget, when Carapaz attacked on that Terreno stage, style stage in the in the Giro, Hindley was pulling him back on the flat. Yeah. And Buchman was sitting in the wheels. So that's another thing where I think they need to have a, yeah, there might need to be a hard conversation unless there's some sort of goal of keeping multiple guys in GC. But yeah, that's, that's the Bora preview. I think they have a lot of... I would rather be Bora than 90% of the teams. I'd rather be a Bora fan than 90% of the teams. There's one rider to be really, really excited about. And they have enough GC guys right now who they will be competitive in a lot of races. Um, and if some luck goes their way in the biggest ones, they can even win possibly another Grand Tour. Um, yep. But yeah, I think uh, another year of wanting wanting improvement, Benji, with, with some upside. And Jungles as well. I'd like to see how Jungles goes in maybe a more sports science environment. Borahansgrohe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think Jungles could really do well. Anyway, let us know what you think about Borahansgrohe. Who do you want them to sign? What goals do you want them to achieve next year? Uh, are you on board with the GC sort of transition or do you prefer the Sagan sprinty classics days of 18, 19? I'm not a fan of the... We're not fans of the team, so we don't know. It's obvious the transition they've made, but as a fan, which which type of team do you like or prefer supporting? But anyway, that's the board preview. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you with Movistar in the next one. Ciao. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.